been. Oh, so I guess we're doing the love your enemies section. Yes, <laughs> that's why I asked the question. Um, okay, wait. I'll ask. I'll tell the podcast people our question. All right, podcast people. Our question of the day. We always do an icebreaker before we start the podcast. Was if you were on a deserted island, would you want your worst enemy to be with you or absolutely no one? Which one would you choose? So you can think about that, and maybe your answer will change after this lesson. <laughs> All right, so review from last week. In the past few weeks, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is taking all the laws of the Old Testament, and he's either correcting the misunderstandings behind them, or he is calling people to something greater. So he's showing the purpose behind the law, and then he's, like, calling us to something beyond the law, showing us that he wants our heart's intentions. He wants um, our hearts to be in the right place, not just our good deeds. He wants our hearts and our minds and everything about us to be focused on him, focused on others, not just putting on a show. Um, so again, today we're going to be expanding, Jesus is going to be expanding what it means to um, love people, just like last week. So last week we talked about how we're supposed to love in a way that's confusing. So like we love someone and then we leave and they're like, what just happened? Like, why did they love me like that? Why did they forgive me? Why were they so patient with me? Um, love in a way that doesn't make sense because Jesus's love for us makes no sense either. Um, that's what he demonstrates on the cross. Um, so we are just going to be in Matthew 5, 43 through 48 today. Would anyone like to read that short little section for us? I can read it. Thank you, Maddie. You have heard that it is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, where he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and, and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Maddie. Um, so Jesus here is correcting, well, he's expand, He's going to expand a law of the Old Testament, but he's also correcting a misunderstanding about this law. Um, so this law comes from Leviticus 19, 9 through 18, um, and basically it is the greatest commandment. It's love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, but nowhere in the Bible is it written to hate your enemy. This is kind of like a misinterpretation where they would be like, love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. You know, so he's saying like, you've heard it said this way, but this is not true. Yes, love your neighbor, but instead I call you to also love your enemy. Um, so followers of Jesus should not only love their neighbor and pray for their neighbor, but they should love their worst enemy and pray for their worst enemy. Um, and he's expanding exactly what he means by the word neighbor. Um, so at this time people are listening and they're like what <laughs> that like my enemy because this whole time they were told to hate their enemy and then now jesus is telling them to love and to pray for their enemy um it totally rocks their world and and they're thinking probably this is impossible which is exactly what we should be thinking at as well um because this command is so hard like when i think of people in my life who i don't really get along with who maybe hurt me or my quote-unquote enemy i'm like I don't even really know how to begin to love them. They don't deserve my love. I don't want to pray for them. I actually want to not think about them. Um, but it's impossible to love someone in this way unless you have the Holy Spirit in you, working out that love, showing you day by day how to do it. Um, and it's like literally a battle. And I fail like all the time at it. But the Holy Spirit is strong and he's the one that's going to work it through us. Um, and this is a constant teaching throughout Jesus' ministry, to love in a way that is so crazy, so radical, so hard to do in our own human weakness, but he's the one that's going to bring it through us. 
Um, and he illustrates this kind of love in a parable that he has in Luke, that he says in Luke, Luke 10, 35, Luke 10, 25 through 37. And this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, you guys are pretty familiar with this parable, I'm assuming, maybe. It's pretty, pretty popular. Um, but in every aspect of this, well, Jesus says this story in the answer to someone's question. They ask him, Lord, like, what is my, like, who is my neighbor? And this is Jesus' answer to that question. Um, <clears throat> so I will go ahead and read this for us. Um, and as I read, you guys just think about all the things that the Samaritan did to love the man that he ran into on the side of the road. All right, starting in verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what, should I, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and he saw him and passed on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, You go and do likewise. I love this story. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, and in every aspect of this story, the Samaritan loves beyond what is required of him. Um, and he doesn't even know this man. Um, and so the first thing that we should understand is the path from Jerusalem to Jericho was known from having, for having lots of robbers. It was very dangerous. Um, I was listening to a sermon, and he said that it was known as, like, the path of blood, something like that. That's probably not exactly, but it's just a very dangerous area. Um, and we see a few people pass by the man and neglect to care for him. Um, who are those people that pass by? What does the text say? A priest. Yep. Why would a priest pass by? Well, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A priest and then also a Levite. Um, and Levites were like, um, in the Old Testament, they were um, kind of given a priestly role. They were set apart to be holy um, and to make sacrifices on behalf of the people. So these are two very religious people. So what do you think Jesus is saying here that these people, a priest and a Levite, left the man rather than helping him? Does it really matter your title? Hmm. You should just help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter your title. You should just help. Yeah. What else do you think Jesus is trying to get across here that two religious people left a man for dead? That religion is just religion, but love is where... Hmm. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So I was learning, I think it was last week, um, like all the Pharisees, they were really religious Mm. because they were teachers of the law. So they Mm. knew all the laws, but they they 
just, I guess, forgot about the love part of it. Yeah. So that's why the Pharisees were seen as bad, because they just didn't love everybody else. And that's just what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah. They were so focused on the law, but they forgot to love. the tradition of the law. Yeah. The traditions are to keep the law, and they were so focused on the traditions. Mm -hmm. So they just forgot that love is the most important Mm -hmm. thing. And that's what I see here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that it, the text even says the priest walked on the other side of the road. Like, he was like, I don't want anything to do with that. Now, granted, a priest and Levites were told to stay away from dead bodies. But, like you said, like, love is supposed to trump what the law says. And so, in that moment, I think God would permit them to help the man if he was close to dead. And he was half dead. He was yeah, totally dead. He was, he was, yeah, so if he was totally dead, then yeah, just leave him there. <laughs> so he's not totally but he's, dead, but he's ha- only half dead. Um, but then the Samaritan comes, and why would it be shocking that a Samaritan would stop and help a man on the side of the road? Yes, they're supposed to be enemies. The Jews and the Samaritans hated each other, and if they're going from the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, wait, where are they going from? <laughs> Jerusalem to Jericho, there's obviously going to be a mix of Jewish people and Gentile people. Um, And so Samaritans, especially in the Jews' eyes, were like, they did not like Samaritans. Um, In fact, Jesus used to be called a Samaritan by the Pharisees because they wanted to insult him. So they'd be like, you're a Samaritan. Um, It'd just be like, with the insulting words that we hear, um, it's like kind of like what they would use to insult people. So, and the people that are listening to this story are also shocked because a Samaritan is who they would think would be the one that would say, oh, it's a Jew, half dead on the side of the road. Like, I'm not going to help him. I, I hate Jews. Um, so, yeah, and let's dig a little deeper into what exactly the Samaritan does for this man um, on the side of the road. Um, so the man is half dead, right? So what does that mean about the robbers? The robbers that just killed him, if the man is half dead, where do you think they are? <laughs> you think that they would be close or far away? Probably far away. Far away? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> the way that I saw it is that if he was half dead, that means that the attack probably just happened. And so what if the robbers are closer than like we expect? Like The robbers could be anywhere in the area. Um, so, like, if we saw, um, like, let's say we see a shooting just happen and someone gets shot and, like, we, like, missed it by two minutes, the shooter is still in the area, right? And so, in the same way, the robbers are most likely still in the area. And so this man stops and saves this man and in this moment automatically puts everything on the line. Um, so rather than fleeing and saving himself, he chooses to help this man. And maybe the robbers are far away. Um, but they also could be close, waiting for the next person to come in, um, and he risks everything. Um, and what causes him to stop? What what emotion does he feel for the man? Compassion. compassion. <laughs> yeah. When does compassion flow naturally out of you guys? Like, when do you feel compassion? I feel like for me, it's when I see somebody hurting, especially when it's not their fault. Like yeah, hurting. yeah. So like, I'm trying to come up with a good example. So like somebody who who has been through a lot of stuff in their life that none of it they could control. Yeah. Like that's just 
that just hits me really deeply. But I feel like we all have different, I guess, we all have compassion, but it just hits us all differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like sense. the way you put that. Yeah, when is it hardest for you guys to show compassion? I think whenever like I'm really tired or I may just be like so self-focused in the mm-hmm. moment, it's really hard to show compassion to people then. Yeah, yeah. When the attention, your attention is on yourself, it's hard to show compassion. Yeah, I find that with myself too. Yeah, compassion is the fuel that drives us to love, right? Um, We see that Jesus' heart was full of compassion for people. He would see, um, like, a man on the side of the road who was blind, and he would have compassion on him, and he would see a crowd that was hungry and have compassion on them, even when he was tired, even when he was... um, Sorry. Even when he... um, had nothing left to give, he still found it in himself to have compassion. And he shows this compassion to us. Um, So not only does he show compassion to the weakest and the poorest um, and the sick, but he also has compassion on the proud and the sinful and the blinded. Who's driving Brett's truck? Oh, he's here. Uh, Shoveling? Yeah. Uh Oh, got it. Okay. Um, so therefore, we should have compassion as well. And this man, because he stops and does what he does because of the compassion he feels in his heart. So compassion is literally the fuel that encourages us to get us to do these crazy acts of kindness and love. Um, if our hearts have no compassion, we will show no love. But if our hearts are full of compassion, love and service will just flow out of us. Um, and then we see that he takes him, he binds up his wounds, and he pours on oil and wine over them. Um, oil and wine are not cheap things at the time. Um, they're not really, I guess oil is like cheap now, but like if you want to get like a good wine, it's not very cheap. So he uses this to like cleanse the wounds and to like preserve as much as he can from infection. Um, so this man is using his own resources, not just like some cheap resources, but like this, the, his best stuff in order to care for this man that he doesn't know, that he's never met. Um, and he's sacrificing what he has for this man. Um, and then we see him set him on his own animal. So that means that the Samaritan is now walking alongside the animal, walking the whole way to the inn while the man is sitting on the, on the horse. Well, and it's like, there's really no other option, but still that shows that this man is putting in all the effort in order to love this man and to care for him. Um, then he brings him to an inn, and he cares for him, and he paid for the inn, and then he cared for them at the end, and then when he had to leave, he entrusted him to someone else, and then he ensures them that he will come back and he will pay them in full. Um, so the Samaritan loved this man in a way that cost him literally everything. His life was in danger from the moment that he stopped. Um, his time, his energy, his resources, his money, he spent on this man. Um, and what did the man on the side of the road, what did he give to the Samaritan in return? Nothing. Nothing. We don't even know if they ever met. Like, there's a good chance that they never even met. Um, This man could do nothing. He was half dead. He couldn't even say thank you or nice to meet you or, (laughs) like, there's nothing. Um, And this man gave everything for someone that he probably never had a conversation with. Um, So let's go back to the original question of why why Jesus told this story. And it was from the question of who is my neighbor? So according to the story, who is our neighbor? I think Jesus kind of like shows us here that there's no limit to who your neighbor could be. Hmm. Like kind of 
give this like example that's like an extreme, but he does it purposely, so then we know that like, oh, everyone's our neighbor. Like, yeah. We should that should be what we um, try to how to do mm, yeah he expands it to literally anyone that crosses your path that he puts in your life yeah it's so crazy that god is sovereign over the people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis so like he's sovereign over who's in head ahead of you in the grocery store line um he's sovereign over if you're on a walk at the park and you pass someone he's sovereign over that he knows who he's going to place in your life and your day um, whether they're a consistent person or a non-consistent person, he knows, and that's your neighbor. That's who you're called to love. Um, and that changes things, right? That means, oh, <laughs> I'm supposed to love everybody I come into contact with? That's a lot. Um, and again, it's only, it's only going to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit in you and you clinging to God, asking for help, um, asking that that love, that compassion would flow out of you. Um, so yeah, the Good Samaritan should push us to be better friends, better coworkers, better employees, better people in the grocery line um, because we know that everyone is our neighbor um all right so let's go ahead and flip back to matthew 5 so all of that was just to illustrate um this thing that jesus is saying of love your neighbor um and love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you um so he tells the people that rather than loving their neighbor and then hating their enemies they're supposed to love all people Um, And that's because this is what God does. Um, So he says something really interesting. He says, um, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So this is um, common grace. Do you guys know what common grace is? And how would you describe it? It's okay if you don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just like, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like the the good things of life that God gives to everybody, regardless of if they know Him or not. So, like a common grace is the sun rising and the fact that the sky is blue. Um, it's when we were looking out our window and we felt warmth inside our home instead of being cold. God was showing us common grace by putting us in a shelter and giving us something beautiful to look at, the snow falling down. Um, it's when food tastes good. Like, God didn't have to make food taste good, but everyone, regardless of if they know God or not, tastes food, and it's amazing. Um, so this is, this is something crazy about God, because when you think, in my mind, when I think of, like, an enemy of God, I think of someone who rejects his existence and maybe even hates him. Um, so an atheist who rejects the existence who rejects the existence of God, God still allows the sun to shine in the atheist life. They still feel the warmth of the sun. Um, they still get to eat every day. Um, they still get to drink an awesome cup of coffee if they're a coffee drinker. God pours out good things in their life, even though that atheist rejects the fact that God is God. Um, so God causes the sun to rise for the atheist and for those who don't believe in him, and he causes the sun to rise for us, those who do believe in him and trust in him, um, because God loves people who hate him, and even though um, they reject him, doesn't stop him from showing common grace to them. And this is just supposed to illustrate what we are now called to do as well, um, to love those who maybe don't like us, to love those who say bad things about us, who reject us, um, and what an amazing world we would live in if everybody loved in this way. Um, so I lost my place in my notes. 
Um, but obviously it's almost impossible for everyone to love in this way because the only way to love someone who has no love for you is to have the love of God inside of you. Um, so let's think for a moment. Who in your life is the easiest to love? You all. You guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys are pretty easy to love. Luke. Yeah, little Aww. baby Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our kids, our friends. Um, why do you love those people? Why is it easy to love them? Because they love you back. Yeah, they love you back. They make you feel good. Yeah, they're cute. They depend on you. Yeah. Um, but in general terms, like don't like say like their name or anything, but who in your life is the hardest to love? Yeah. Definitely don't like me back. Yeah. 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 Definitely hard. Sometimes my students are hard to love. Hmm. Yeah. People that can't give love. Well. Mm. Yeah. So like students that can't function properly. Yeah. Mm. Can't always get to the point where they can't love well. Right. Yeah, people that are incapable of showing you the same love that you can show them. For a variety of different reasons, yeah. whether it's circumstantial or, you know, that's the environment they've been brought up and they don't know how to do that or whatever. Yeah. But it's really hard to love people that don't know how to give it back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a lot harder to love people that don't love us back, yeah. whether it's their choice or not their choice yeah yeah so when we think of the people that we spend the most time with and that we enjoy they're usually the people that pour into us that ask us how we're doing that make us laugh that love us who care for us who check in on us and we do the same thing for them um but jesus says something really powerful here he says if that is all you love if those are the only people you love are people that are easy to love you are not following the command that he has for you we're supposed to have people in our life that are hard to love if you think about your life and you're like well the only people that I know and I talk to are people that are pretty easy to love that make me feel good and I'm just going to focus on loving them you're not doing what Jesus calls you to do Um, we're supposed to go out and to love in ways that are hard to seek people out that won't love us back um, and to pray for strength to do it every single day Um, Not like having awesome friends is bad. You need awesome friends in order to fill you up so that you can go out and pour into other people that are harder to love. But if that's all you're loving, if those are the only people in your life that you're loving, um, you might need to broaden your horizons um, and be more like the Good Samaritan. Um, And he says that even the Samaritans and the pagans do that. So the pagans would be the Gentiles. And he's only saying Samaritans... I know it's confusing because we just talked about the Good Samaritan. He's only saying Samaritans because he's talking to a lot of Jews right now who think poorly of Samaritans. So he's like, even Samaritans, the people that you guys think the lowest of, even they love um, in that way, um, where they only love if the person loves them back. One of my least favorite quotes, I've said this before, I say it all the time, but one of my least favorite quotes or thoughts is, if they can't love you, don't love them. Or like, if they won't cross a river for you, don't cross an ocean for them. I'm like, what a, what a bunch of baloney. Like, <laughs> like, I just hate that term. And it just, 
And the thing that is so crazy is that a lot of people say it. So I'm like, who's like, who's not? No one's loving each other well at this point. If no, if everyone's saying this quote, but yeah. that's a big thing. Like in, in in this culture right now. Yeah. Like if they're not going to give you back what you deserve, mm-hmm. then you don't give them anything. And I'm like, yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah. By any means. One of my friends, she told me, she was like, Julia, you know, I really see, like, you know that quote that's, like, in the one that's, like, well, don't cross an ocean for someone who won't cross a puddle for you. She's like, you put that quote to shame. I was like, oh, yes. Was like, yes. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I was like, crying. That's awesome. It was just really funny. But, yeah. Yeah. But, like, think how many times in your life you've been unable to give back the love that someone has shown yeah. you hmm. and how desperately you still needed what they gave you yeah. yeah and then that helped you get to the next point where you could give to them or someone else like the whole system breaks if we can't just love selflessly yeah exactly yeah it work. if everyone just demands love from other people but is always evaluating the love like before they show love then it's just like yeah this just sounds awful yeah think about the impact that happens to when somebody sees you like yeah. give love to other people yeah they're like you're weird this is weird like <laughs> yeah. 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 i don't know mm-hmm. this is weird especially if they know your history so if you and mm-hmm. sally over here have a horrible history and whatever's going on and then judy over there sees you <laughs> loving her and being kind to her and taking her meals and how are you doing and say her name like let's pray for sally because blah 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 blah. like what does that show other people about how they should treat those same people in their lives so it's not just for you but like if you see me treating my worst enemy of the world riley over here Mm. kindly (laughs) we're our worst enemies and you're over here like i really look up to andrea i really look up to riley Maybe I should be acting this way also. Maybe I should be treating my friend this way. So it's not just a good thing to love our enemies for ourselves. It's a good thing to love our enemies so that others see it and can also be mm. motivated to do yeah, it. Yeah, and encouraged by it. That's exactly why I think Jesus does this. Yeah. Because it really shows, like, I don't know, like, you do one little thing and somebody's world has changed. And they realize mm-hmm. that Jesus is the reason. Yeah. yeah. Like, this this commandment is just to further his name and his mm-hmm. kingdom. Yeah. And it's just one small act that you can do. Just show love to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's another thing to keep in mind. I love that you said that, Delaney, that this is, this is just to further his name. This is just to glorify him more. It's not like, oh, I'm going to love my enemies so I look awesome and people think that I'm great. No, it's so that, like, the Lord shines through me and that people will see that they need Jesus. And in turn, it benefits you, too. Like, yes, it yeah. It didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But he, he wants us to, I don't know, he wants us to, to feel love and know what love is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So cool. Sometimes it takes people a while to get to the Jesus part, though. Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of saying, wow, the, the Lord is with her, and, you know, this is amazing. What a great display of Christ's love. Mm-hmm. They could look at you and say, man, she is such a people pleaser. Man, she is such a, mm-hmm. insert, you know, yeah. veiled criticism here. Like, so they could be looking at you like, well, she's just trying to get back on their good side. She's just trying to whatever. And so sometimes it takes 
over and over and over and over and over of loving your enemy Mm -hmm. to get it through not only your head but others heads too yeah they don't understand what jesus can do and what he does yeah Yeah. it's all about the person so it's not always that they see jesus immediately Mm. but yeah eventually time they will see him yeah I have a short story if we have a second. No, go for it. So, um, I wouldn't... Okay, so Shauna and I, I think it was our freshman year, she was going through a bunch of stuff. We weren't friends, Mm. okay? She wasn't necessarily my enemy, but I just continually just pursued her and was like, hey, like, I love you, the Lord loves you, and all that, even without saying that Jesus loved her. She thought I was weird. She, she <laughs> yeah, was like, that happens. what the heck? <laughs> it took me two years. Every single week, it took me two years to get her to come to church. And it was just because of that persistence. Did she know I love Jesus? Not really. But did she know something was different? Yes. Mm. And now she's like, you know, we see how the story has unfolded. But <laughs> Your BFFs. It, yeah. But <laughs> it's just the, the persistence of loving people. Huh. is what really makes it might take seven years but that's seven it, years and, and two years every week is a hundred and four times <laughs> i was really a hundred and four like, times <laughs> you said shauna come to church hey, with me shauna come to church with me shauna come to church with me so if we give up every three or four times and we're like ah they'll come to me yep what what is wrong with us i'm convicted God just kept calling yeah. me, whether I knew it or not, to just keep in <laughs> But what if you didn't listen? Or what if exactly. you gave up she, at three or four times? Shauna would not be going to heaven today. Yeah. And she is! Yeah. She's so great! Yeah. And I don't want to take the credit for that. Like, that's not why I told the story. But, like, it's just persistence. Persistently yes. loving people yeah. can change lives. Yeah. And now Colin, Colin was Mormon. Mm. Now he's Christian. No way. Yeah. They brought a bunch of people to... Jesus. Yeah, that is amazing. Well, yeah, like praise the Lord. But yeah. All because said, the lady can love her, maybe not enemy, but yeah, that she's not love super, super close life. friends with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it's that. Loving people. Love that persistence. persistence. Yeah. yeah, love persistently. I love that. Get it. Mm-hmm. I want to get that tattooed on myself somewhere. <laughs> Forehead or something. Oh, <laughs> like that way, everyone else. Tattoo. Yeah, neck tattoo. <laughs> what, like the no. Rig, what's that for? No, no regrets. Yeah. No, 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 love persistently. I almost <clears throat> did get a lip tattoo one time. I was supposed to. I like lost a bet and I was going to do it. It was like my freshman year of college, but I'm so glad I didn't. Beat. I mean, it's not like it's not like anyone would see hurt. it. Yeah, it would so hurt so incredible. bad. They go away, well, and they go away. People that say like they'll fade, but then some people on them they just don't. Hmm. Yeah, so they have like this really like, weird like lip tattoo. Yeah, I'm so glad because then like when I go to the dentist, they'd be like, like "What's uh, that?" It's yeah. all for show. It's just like uh, the dentist fucking like, super. Oh, what's that in there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what do you put there? Like, what kind of like? Love persistently on my lip. My LP. Has yeah, LP. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I love that story. And if any of you guys ever want to tell a story, please, like, that's what Coffee Conversation is all about. So thanks for sharing that, Delaney. Love persistently. I love it. Um, so we talked about how Jesus showed his love on the cross, but then I wanted to read this passage for us real fast because this, this shows us what godly um, love looks like. And I bet some of you guys can guess what chapter I'm turning to. But First Corinthians... 13 the love chapter and this is often read at weddings and like 
when people are in love, they read it. But this love is actually, this passage is just talking about the love that God has for us, that we are called to love others. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so I'll read it for us. Um, yeah, First Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have to the poor and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. For I know in part, I shall be, then I shall know fully as I have been fully known. Now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So good. Um, highly recommend memorizing this chapter and just like thinking about it. Um, it will come to mind sometimes when I am not loving in a way I should be if I'm being irritable or resentful or I'm not hoping all things or if I'm being, if I'm angry, it'll it'll just come to my mind and be like, love is not angry. Love is not boastful. Love is not, you know, it just, it's like the Holy Spirit is just convicting me. So I highly recommend just putting this into your heart. It's so good. Um, So what does loving in this way, we kind of talked about this already, but what does loving in this way that is patient and kind and all those things, what does it do for us? We talked about what it does for the other people, but what does it do for us in our hearts? Softens your heart. Yeah. You have a kind heart, a willing heart, a selfless heart. Mm-hmm. If you could love without conditions. Yeah. No strings attached. And I feel like since that that's the way it's supposed to be, there's a sense of like fulfillment. Just like, I'm doing this that God called me to, because this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is the way that God made love to be. It's not usually the way that the world loves, but it's what we're called to do. So it just feels different. Yeah. 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 Trying to love this way sometimes is really hard. It feels like you're running a marathon, and you're like, I can't do it. And you fail and you fall all the time. At least that's how it feels for me. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot out of you. But I have never felt more freedom loving in this way, even though I fail at it a lot. I have a lot of freedom knowing that it's like, I don't know, the way that God would want. And like praying for your enemies, praying for those who hurt you, is where actual freedom is found. Any other thoughts? What does loving in this way do for our hearts? I think it can um, help you learn to be more obedient. Kind of, I think, along the lines of what the word learning was that it can help you be more obedient. Not only mm-hmm. to, like, like loving people the way Jesus wants you to love them, but also, like, to anything else yeah. he calls you to. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like, it if you can love. that obedience. 
yeah, if you can obey the call that he has to love other people, then you can obey other callings. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, we we fail very often at loving people this way. But that is why sanctification is a thing. And sanctification is just the Holy Spirit changing us over time, slowly conforming us into the image of Christ. Um, so sanctification is just like a fancy word for change. Like God is changing our hearts, um, which is what Jesus ends on in Matthew 5 in this little section that we're talking about. It's this great call um, to love perfectly as God loves. In verse 48, he says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And this is, this is a big calling because we're obviously not perfect. Um, um, but we are being made perfect, right? One day we're going to be in heaven face-to-face, in, to, face-to-face with Jesus, and we will have no sin at all. We will be in a perfect state, and it's going to be awesome. And until that point, day by day, God is slowly changing us, slowly chipping away at us, sanctifying us, making us more into who he's going to make us to be. So we're in this section called, we're in this section called sanctification, but one day in heaven we will be like our glorified bodies. And so right now we have this um, calling to try to reflect what we are becoming. So we're not not perfect yet, but we have this opportunity to reflect and try to be perfect um, because one day we will be perfect. That's, where, that's the identity that is placed on us. Um, so obviously we're not perfect, but it shouldn't stop us from trying. But how do we not get legalistic about being perfect? having the right heart posture while you are actively thinking like when you think of sanctification when you think of like that process mm. um, you think I mean it's just like this says like just becoming more like um, my God who is perfect I think um, motivations behind it can also be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of your motivations and your heart posture almost go hand in hand in that way. Mm. So if you have the right motivations, then your heart posture mm. behind it will be good. Yeah. But if you don't have the right motivations, then how would your heart posture be? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And that's what like Jesus wants our hearts to. Like mm-hmm. we can't have... We can't love unless our hearts are in the right place. Yeah. 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 yeah what, how, else, how else do we take what Jesus says in verse 48 that we must be perfect and um, not get legalistic or beat ourselves up when we're not perfect? Well, I think like you said, like, you said that we're not always going to be perfect at this, and the Holy Spirit like is going to convict us a lot. Mm. But, I mean, at the same time, the Holy Spirit may convict us, but if we if we truly know Jesus in our hearts and the Holy Spirit is like in there, it's not only going to convict us, it's also going to forgive us. Mm. It's also going to give us mercy for it. And, like, I just think about Peter, how he denied Jesus, and Jesus still like actively went out and died for Peter. Like he didn't just like throw mm. him off the yeah. off the list, like saying, "Oh, I'm not gonna love you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die for you specifically now," even though what he did was like an actual sin. So we should still like really try to be 
compassionate, but we also need to remember that we're not going to be, and that overall Jesus is the most compassionate, he's the most merciful, and the people that we're showing compassion to and mercy to, mm. Jesus was the one who showed the most compassion and the most mercy to them. Mm. So I think if we feel that compassion and that mercy that Jesus has for us, that he gave for us, then we'll be kind of strengthened to do it, I guess. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, I just think about it, like, usually, like, people who've grown around, like, compassionate people and people who've grown up around nice people tend to be nice. Mm. Maybe not always, but <laughs> that just seems to yeah. be how it works because they just kind of, like, reflect, like, their emotions and attitudes. And I think that yeah. if we continue to, like, pursue a relationship with God through his word, then surely, like, through sanctification, like you were saying, like, mm. surely, slowly, it will naturally happen, and it will be more of a relationship than just, like, a, like, check this off my yeah. list, like, yeah. nice to these people, even though I don't, like, feel it, huh. like what Maddie was saying about, like, having true intentions. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, we're called to reflect the character of God, whose kingdom we now belong to, mm-hmm. and so when we are abiding with him and, like, talking with him daily, spending time with him, asking him to change our hearts... Like, it will happen. Mm-hmm. We, will, we will sometimes fail, but we will trust that he forgives us and that he's the one that's going to be doing the work. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. When I look at this perfection, it's, we can't achieve perfection on our own, right? So yeah. the only way that we do achieve perfection is repentance and the Lord's complete covering of us, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how we look perfect to God. Right, and so this is not only saying everything that you guys said, but it's also saying when you fail, get back to perfect, repent, admit it, apologize for your sin, and then start over. Yeah, and do it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know for the rest of your so. life. <laughs> so yeah, all of the time, all the time, every day, every ten minutes, sometimes depending yeah. on how bad of a day you're having. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a loose interpretation yeah. of what they're saying, but that's yeah. what I think about. I'm like, okay, I should strive for clean slate at all times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. Because it's it says strive to be perfect, but we can't be perfect without God. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, what, what you guys were saying, like, he has to be, the Holy Spirit has to be in us. Mm-hmm. God has to be over us, because if he's not, then we can't be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So. We can't be perfect on our own. Yeah. Just yeah. like what you were saying. Yeah. Andrea. Yeah so so good and the only way to do it is to literally live in the word of God and to live in prayer and to constantly be seeking the Lord Um, and so just pray that he would be your greatest desire pray that he would put it in your heart to want to be perfect to want to love this way and it will happen Um, I promise Um, pray it all the time pray it like your life depends on it and it will happen Um, so yeah start today by praying for the people that are hard to love um and the people that have hurt you and insulted you or maybe you just don't get along with, pray for them. Like, commit to pray for them every day. Um, and you'll see that God will change your heart um, and he'll help you be a fountain of compassion for the people in your life. Um, so yeah, I will pray for us and then we can go on with our Saturdays. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for just your word and the way that it convicts us and challenges us and changes us. Um, Lord, you didn't have to give us um, your words, uh, but you do, and we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the many common graces that we experience every day, and um, and just being able to be together, Lord. Um, God, 
just help us love in a way that you love. Help us love the people in our life that are hard to love, um, to show compassion, to show mercy, um, to encourage those who will never be able to encourage us back. Um, Would you just help us love with no strings attached? And would you help us come to a greater understanding of just the way that you love us, Lord? Um, How um, just the, the many things that you do that we will never be able to repay you, but you don't ask for anything in return other than just our lives. And God, help us live in you, help us abide in you, help us desire what you desire. Um, Change us, mold us into who you want us to be. Would you just be the center of everything that we do? Lord, we love you, and you know my pray. Amen.